When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Dad, I'm broke. Hey, broke. I'm Dad. Dad. Okay, don't you have cash saved up from babysitting? No, I spent it. I want my own bank account from S&T Bank. They offer free ATMs, Zelle, and an annual scholarship. Plus, when I open a Smart Start checking account, I get $100. See? I'm responsible. Hey, responsible. I'm Dad. Visit stbank.com slash smartstart for details. Bonus available July 1st through September 30th, 2022. Opening deposit balance of $50 required. Member FDIC. True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. I'm your host, Larry Least. Today we're continuing our series, Shit on a Luck. This time we're talking about the eventual capture of Dr. Death. First, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Hunt a Killer. Hunt a Killer is an immersive murder mystery game told over the course of six episodes or boxes. Each box is filled with different clues and physical items such as autopsy reports, witness statements, and more. You use these clues to solve the ongoing murder mystery. In the final episode, you'll be able to catch the killer. If you're interested in Hunt a Killer, visit huntakiller.com and use promo code TCNS for 20% off your first box. And now let's get on with our story. With his gray beard and spectacles, Dr. Harold Shipman was an unassuming man living in the small suburban English town of Hyde, just east of Manchester. No one could have guessed he would go on to be known as Dr. Death after his insidious methodology of murder. He was convicted of murdering 15 of his patients, but authorities estimate it's more likely he killed between 200 to 260 people between 1971 and 1998, making him Britain's most prolific mass murderer to this day. The motive of his crimes is still unknown, and Shipman's twisted psychological landscape continues to puzzle investigators. Harold Frederick Shipman was born January 14, 1946, in Nottingham, England. He came from a modest working-class family and was affectionately nicknamed Fred. He was said to be a very bright child, but also was described by some as a loner. A personal tragedy early in his life may have inspired his decision to go into medicine. As a teenager, he watched his mother die of lung cancer, observing helplessly as she was given injections of diamorphine to ease the pain of her disease, the very drug he later used to murder his own patients. She passed away when he was 17, and her loss, as well as her suffering itself, were said to have profoundly affected him in 1965. 
Shipman began his studies at Leeds University Medical School and began dating Primrose May Oxtaby. She became pregnant with their first child not long after they met and were eventually murdered on November 5th, 1966. They had four children together and were seemingly an average happy family. Shipman graduated from medical school in 1970 and began working as a junior doctor in West Yorkshire. In 1974, he secured his first general practitioner position at another medical center in the same town. Not long after he started there, his true colors began to show. Shipman had a heroin problem, or more broadly, a problem with injectable painkillers. In 1975, Shipman was caught forging prescription narcotics for his own use, and by February 1976, he was convicted of obtaining opioids through forgery and deception. As a result, Shipman lost his job, was fined 600 pounds, and briefly checked into a drug rehab clinic. However, he was never officially penalized by the General Medical Council, the official body that regulates medical practitioners in the UK. Rather, they only wrote him a warning letter. Because of this, his later employers were never told about his prior conviction or any of his other issues. By 1977, Shipman was back practicing again as a general practitioner at a medical center in Hyde, the town where the majority of his murders would take place. That's not to say Dr. Death had not yet begun indulging in his other vice. As early as March 1975, around the time he was caught, Abusing painkillers, experts believed he killed his first alleged victim while on the job. Her name was Eva Lyons, and she was killed the night before her 71st birthday. In 1985, the police looked into the suspicious murder and possible murder of one of his patients, but nothing ever came of it. By the 1980s, Shipman had become a respected doctor and member of the Hyde community. In 1992, Shipman established his own private practice in family medicine. The independence and lack of oversight afforded him more opportunity to commit his crimes, though by this point he had already killed over 70 people. At the time he was caught, he had over 3,000 registered patients, and his reputation with them was so solid, many were unable to believe he was a murderer. However, not everyone was as quick to absolve him. Others pointed out that he had few close friends and described him as aggressive, conceited, and arrogant. Reportedly, he could be hateful to any person he considered his intellectual inferior. Shipman would make house calls, and in the majority of cases, killed patients using a lethal injection of dimorphine, the pharmaceutical name of heroin, in their own homes. The nature of the murder meant Shipman watched them die relatively quickly. Hiding in plain sight, Shipman was known to prey mostly upon his elderly patients. His victims were frequently older women who lived alone, but were in good health and had only seen him for a checkup or to inquire about a mild affliction. Of his victims, 171 were women, 44 were men. He was also known to target people with terminal illnesses and chronic conditions, but would also kill patients he merely considered annoying. Well, for me, that would get rid of a lot of people. But that's a little messed up right there. Dame Janet Smith a high court judge who served as the Shipman Inquiry chairperson said of his ability to ensnare his victims. 
Many patients described him as having a wonderful bedside manner, especially with the elderly. He would make much of them and sometimes tease them gently. They liked it. He made them feel that he was a real friend as well as a doctor. Yet he would kill them. Shipman was also known for being blunt or straightforward with his patients in a manner that found that some found reassuring. For example, on February 28, 1998, Stephen Dixon called Shipman to ask about his father-in-law, Harold Edelston's cancer prognosis. Dixon later reported that Shipman said of the patient's life expectancy, I wouldn't buy any Easter eggs. Four days later, Edelston became one of Shipman's murder victims, which was sudden, but was not questioned given the dire prognosis the doctor had reported. Shipman had several methods by which he managed to hoard massive amounts of diamorphine. Drugs of this nature are generally highly regulated and controlled, but somehow, through failures in the system and Shipman's own ingenuity, he managed to evade detection by his own colleagues and the authorities for over 20 years. In some cases, he was able to call in false prescriptions and also steal drugs from his cancer patients. One investigatory report found that between 92 and 98, Shipman, Shipman had managed to illegally obtain over 24,000 milligrams of diamorphine, an amount capable of killing at least 720 people. After the patient was killed, he usually would persuade their grieving family that an autopsy was not necessary, giving them a passable explanation for the unexpected death. Dame Janet described that Shipman had become a plausible and accomplished liar, a true testament to his skill because the excuses her investigation uncovered were ridiculous. She explained some of his descriptions of sudden death are break breathtaking, such as, I turned around to get my stethoscope out of my bag, and she just collapsed and died. I was telephoning for an ambulance, and she gave one cough. When I turned around, I could see that she had died. She just died while I was examining her. Shipman seemed to have a variety of rhetorical tactics he used to gaslight his patients and their families into respecting his authority. For example, after he murdered many in April 1997, he explained icily to Coots' son and daughter-in-law, well, I don't believe in keeping them going. In almost all the cases, Shipman signed the victim's death certificate with their cause of death, which was then followed by the victim's cremation, an end also likely to have been by the doctor's design. Any evidence turned to inscrutable ash. Unbelievably, two other doctors were meant to confirm the cause of death and check all documentation before cremation occurred, meaning the murder slipped through a lot of hands along the way. There would be periods of time where the killings would temporarily cease, generally when he became afraid of finally being caught. Usually when he began murdering patients again, he would start with someone who was terminally ill. In 1997, he went on his biggest killing spree to date. He had committed 37 murders that year alone, and there was no sign of slowing from down. From her investigation, Dame Janet hypothesized it may be during this, these later years that the shipman was virtually out of control. It is typical of addictive behavior that the subject needs more and more opportunities to feed the addiction. By 1998, suspicions began to arise about the high mortality rate among his patients. 
a nearby medical practice noticed the amount of deaths occurring under Shipman's care was ten times greater than their office. They reported their concerns to the local coroner who got the Greater Manchester Police involved. However, at the time, investigators failed to do even the most basic of background checks. They didn't look up the doctor's criminal record or check with the medical board for his history. They asked the local health authority to check patient records for irregularities, but the medical advisor couldn't know the doctor regularly added false ailments to his patient's charts to match his story. Nothing came from the investigation, and Shipman had three more months of freedom to carry out at least three more murders before he was finally caught. While Shipman was never motivated by wealth, ironically, it was a sloppy moment of greed that ended up getting him caught. On June 24th, 1998, Shipman arrived at the quaint cottage belonging to Kathleen Grundy, a former mayor of Hyde. The 81-year-old woman was fit and in excellent health and was expecting a routine blood test when she was instead given a lethal injection of narcotic painkillers. On her death certificate, he certified her cause of death to be old age and checked off the box that she should be cremated. However, he lied about one more of <clears throat> one more official document, one he could not so easily explain. Shipman had forged Grundy's will to say that she had left him her entire estate, nearly 400,000 pounds, which was a startling revelation to her next of kin. Grundy's daughter, Angela Woodruff, who happened to be a lawyer, immediately suspected foul play. She began to look into the doctor's history, at which point his lies became very clear. Shipman was a master of murder, but he was a novice at forgery. He not, over, not only left a fingerprint on the fake, he had also used his personal typewriter, which was missing the letter key that made tracing it back to him incredibly easy. Woodruff made sure her mother was buried rather than cremated. And by August 1st, 1998, Kathleen Grundy's body was exhumed for testing, and evidence of the medical-grade heroin was found in her muscle tissue. Shipman was arrested in relation to her murder on September 7, 1998. Over the next two months, 11 more of his victims, who had been buried rather than cremated, all were exhumed, revealing the same damning conclusion. They were all murdered. In 2000, Harold Shipman was convicted of forging Kathleen Grundy's will, as well as for committing 15 murders that took place between 1995 and 1998 in which the patients had all died by lethal injection of diamorphine. Obviously, these deaths were a tiny fraction of an actual kill count. In the two-year investigation that followed, some estimated the number is as high as 260. Shipman was sentenced to 15 consecutive life terms without opportunity for parole. He never did admit his guilt nor did he provide any evidence of his motive, leaving experts and investigators to theorize about a senseless killing. And that is our episode for today. Let us know your thoughts on this case by leaving us a comment in the comment section. Be sure to hit the subscribe button, give us a thumbs up if you like the video, and of course, share this video with your friends. And you can send us a tweet at TrueCrimeNS or find us on Instagram at TrueCrimeNeverSleepsPodcast.
Thank you, and we'll see you tomorrow. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.